Let's Cover That podcast is brought to you by CM&F Group, professional liability services for over 200 healthcare professions. Visit our website at cmfgroup.com slash podcast for more info. Hey, everybody. Will Sullivan here with another episode of Let's Cover That with my co-host. Antonina Agruza. And today we have with us Allison Perrier, the founder and CEO of Abundance Practice Building, as well as a licensed clinical social worker. Allison, thank you so much for joining us today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. So Allison, tell us a little bit about your background and what led you to start your company. Yeah. So I started out as a therapist, working my way through agencies, things like that, kind of the typical therapist route. I always wanted a private practice, but didn't really know when I was going to get around to that. I ended up starting one on the side, like working full-time while having a practice on the side for about five years, which is like entirely too long. Um, And then we moved across the country and my husband was going to PA school at UW in Seattle. I was um, done working for other people at that point. Mental health agencies don't have the best reputation for being non-toxic, which is ironic. Um, And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to do this. I'm just going to go whole hog. There were not... Um, really consultants at the time. There were very few. There were two books out about how to start a a therapy practice. Um, And so I just kind of dove into figuring it out the hard way. Uh, There's a lot of spaghetti thrown at walls to see what would stick. And once I was successful or even just on the path to successful, I was so amazed that this life was possible, that doing the thing I love to do, like doing therapy was possible where I was working much less than I'd ever made or than I'd ever worked in an agency. I was uh, making way more money than I'd ever made in an agency. And I had the autonomy to only take on the clients I knew I could make a real impact with. It was like the trifecta of awesome in a workplace. Uh, And so I started like bullying my friends into private practice and um, helping them along the way until we then ping-ponged back across the country to Asheville, North Carolina, where we are now, I knew I was putting down roots. And I was like sad that this would be the last practice I would start because I really loved the startup phase and recognized that that was weird. (laughs) Like no other therapist seems to like the startup phase. So I started kind of being like a stage mom and helping people here that I didn't know very well. And the the business grew from there. It just built really quickly from a local company to a national company to an international company. We've just been off to the races since. So is there, you know, when you speak about, you know, bullying your, your friends into it, but is there something when, when you thought about yourself with your own introspection that you found as the differentiator for you, and then that kind of prompted you to do this and, when you're looking at others and kind of supporting them as, as the stage mom presence, is there, is there like a critical piece of that that you're bringing to the forefront to say, Hey, th- this type of inherent capability with your opportunity in this vertical gives the ability to really push it forward. Is, is there something you see in others as you initially help them out with the practice setup and start up the build? Yeah. It usually comes down to a combination of like skill set. Um, therapists have an incredible skill set for marketing. We don't realize it because we put marketing in another category. Marketing is like sleazy or bad. There's a whole like, uh, I don't know, dirtiness that therapists tend to look at marketing with. Um, and I help them reframe that, that marketing is a service. Like 
if clients are looking for a therapist and they can't find you and you're a great fit for them, that's on you. Like you're not being of service to this potential client. And if you're not sleazy in your marketing, then marketing isn't sleazy. So that's kind of um, helping them see that some of the skill set that they have is is naturally aligned because we know our ideal clients' deepest fears, their greatest wants, all the things that any marketing person will have somebody creating a gadget or a widget go through. We already know so deeply that we already have a leg up. So there's that piece, the skill set piece, and then there's the confidence. Um, most of most therapists are kind of raised up in their graduate school programs with this idea that like we're here to help, um, and it is not okay to make any sort of money doing this helpful thing. Uh, and as a result, agencies get away with paying, you know, people with master's degrees and doctorates, $35,000 a year, $40,000 a year doing this really hard job. And um, when our student loans are multiple times what we make in a year, it just doesn't make any economic sense for us if we ever want to retire. And it also doesn't make a lot of emotional sense for us to not be able to afford vacations, to not be able to take time off or take a yoga class every week because we can't afford it. So yeah, the but, confidence piece I have to bolster a lot. <laughs> so, so I, and I think, I mean, part of the carrot piece of that is, I mean, you kind of just mentioned it right there. You're, you're working within these mental health organizations or these agencies, and you're making that type of dough. What is that? So when you, you deal with the average startup, what is that immediate horizon where you're saying like, listen, so-and-so, like you're at $42,000. You have a master's degree that you spent $120,000 on. You could be literally looking at this in 15 months and be looking at, at a base amount, you know, this is, mm -hmm. is there just like a basic line that, you know, Hey, this is an immediate threshold that I know entices them. And I know we can acquire pretty, pretty soon and, and get that immediate hit. What, what does that look like yeah. that pitch to them? Yeah. Well, I can, I often will use myself as an example. The most I ever made in an agency was $43,500. Um, and I was in a leadership position and, um, I was working there at least 45 hours a week, plus my part-time private practice on the side. Right. So my first calendar year in private practice, I made $127,000. Um, obviously a huge stark difference to be able to basically triple my income while literally working half the hours. Um, I was working, you know, usually like 25 to 30 hours per week, closer to 25 most weeks during that time. Um, and like with one of our programs, our data shows that 74% um, of people are full, meaning they have all the clients that they want to have. We let them decide what full is because I'm not trying to dictate that. 74% um, of people are full within three months. And 90, I think it's 92% of people are full within six months. And so, I mean, even if you've, you've only got a third of the income or a third of the caseload that would you, you would consider full, you're probably making more than you made in agency work. So it's a pretty, um, it's a pretty exciting thing to share about, but it often goes so far beyond what therapists ever thought was possible for them. And so there's still a lot of hesitancy around um, spending the money because they've been broke their entire working life, right? So the idea of spending any money on um, 
something that will get them to six figures is often another part of the conversation that we have to talk about because it's scary. So what are some of the tips that you have for people that come to you and they start out with your program, you know, starting up their own practice? Is there anything that they need to get started and anything that kind of soothes them, you know, as far as breaking the barrier of, you know, stepping away from an agency, the comfort of having a salary and, you know, starting up their own practice? Yeah. So we talk about having a cushion financially, which is really hard when you're living hand to mouth. So a lot of the people that I work with did what I did, do what I did. So they will uh, start a practice on the side. And as that grows to a place where it can like overtake their agency income, they'll quit their agency. And I'm kind of a stickler for save every penny, save every penny from your little practice on the side so that you have that cushion and you can get out. Um, and we talk about building the right practice because I also end up having a lot of clients who are full and miserable because they essentially built themselves another agency job. They take um, all the health insurance panels, even the ones that have terrible reputations for actually paying you. Um, they take on every client that calls because they have a scarcity mindset and feel like, well, I might not get a call tomorrow, so I should just take this one. And so they've they've not built this thing that they really want. So I help people really look at sky's the limit. If you don't want to work Fridays, don't work Fridays. If you want to leave and get your kids from school every day, then leave and get your kids from school every day. Your day ends at two. Congratulations. And so we build out the practice that they want and we start from there instead of I'll take whatever I can get and now I'm just as burned out and miserable as I was in agency work, just wealthier. What do you what do you see, Allison, when, you know, especially this day and age, societally, culturally, you know, you have parents, you know, who are now able to, you know, really have the flexibility. But what you're doing is something that's even outside of the quote unquote scalability of telehealth. Like mm -hmm. you were doing that before that's really like a post COVID or, you know, in the middle of COVID type of idea, but you're, you're doing that scaling down the workload, increasing like the productivity and the opportunity for your personal life. It, how, how did you come up with that? You know, how, how did you see that? That's just wild because it's like, you, know, you talk to parents who are like, Hey, I wish I could go part-time, but this company doesn't allow me to, or, you know, this position, or you really have to be all in for 40 hours a week to have this position. And, you're, you're like flipping that paradigm entirely and making it yeah. successful. Yeah. Well, for my clients, I'm really clear that like therapy is a hard job. You know, like sometimes people are like, all you have to do is just sit and listen to people all day. No, <laughs> if it was that easy, like nobody would get better. Um, and what we do is hard and we genuinely, if we're not burned out, we genuinely care about every client we have. And we think about them when we're not sitting across from them and I have seen too many therapists leave the field even before COVID, like certainly in droves post-COVID. But before COVID, I saw so many people leaving the field because their agencies were burning them out. And we have plenty of data that shows that if you see more than 26 clients a week, you're likely to get burned out. Like that's kind of the cutoff danger zone. And many agencies and group practices are working people to like 35 clients a week and the other five hours are meetings that are mostly unnecessary. And we need... I mean, this world is wild, y'all. We need therapists. We need people to stay in the field. And so I think it, it happened when I started my first full-time practice and realized how much 
was unnecessary that I was doing before in agency work and paring down like, I really, really love working with these clients on my caseload. And why is that? It's because I'm really niched and I, I know who I'm great with and who I'm not. And I'm honest with myself about that. And I'm honest with the people who call about that. Like, if you want me to see a teenager, I can tell you right now, I'm going to get weird. Um, like I'm going to try too hard to be cool. There is something weird about teenagers sitting across from me that makes me completely ineffective. But I, any adult you put in front of me with the presenting concerns that I work with, I got it. No problem. Um, and so saying no was hard to clients that were earnestly looking for a therapist. It's hard right now to find a therapist. We're all full. Um, saying no is hard, but it's necessary for me to be able to keep doing this long term, for my clients to keep doing this long term, and for us to be effective at what we do. So um, really, it just comes from a strong desire for therapists to be doing really great work. And I know that they can't do that 40 hours a week. Yeah, it sounds like you found a really great balance between being able to keep your own clients as well as help other people start their own practices. So really awesome work and kudos to you. Um, do you have any partnerships that you're excited to talk about or maybe upcoming milestones you'd like to share with our listeners? Hmm. Well, we did just start building websites for people. We found that our clients, um, our consulting clients were having such a hard time finding people that had availability and that weren't charging $5,000, $10,000 for what really just needs to be a simple website um, to get the job done for a therapist. So we just recently started building websites for people, um, not just therapists, but also people in other helping professions. So that's been really fun because it's called website in a week. Like once you get us all your stuff, it's done. Like we're just, we're not trying to drag it out <laughs> because we've heard too many bad stories from our consulting clients. So that's the thing that's on my mind most because we just launched that this week. And um, yeah, we always have our membership site available for people wanting to fill their private practice and need help with the marketing or the organization of it. So yeah. I love, I love the, you know, especially if anybody's worried about starting it, well, the website's already up. You're, you're out there. It's yeah. Yeah. It, it's great from like a leadership standpoint, especially running, you know, as a founder and, and other founders, just the, the bias or the partiality towards action and, and really coming up with a strategy, having somebody support them and then just going on it uh, and moving. Yeah. So, so what are you kind of, kind of thinking about that strategically? What, what do you see as like the next steps for you, the business that you're building? Um, mm -hmm. what, do, what do you see on that on the horizon? Yeah. Well, we have like two main tiers. We have our membership and um, that's been so effective for people who were willing to like log in and do the things, you know, like any self-directed um, kind of course or membership site is great for that. And this year we're looking to scale that up to like a million dollars annually just for the membership. Um, and I'm really excited about, I'm excited about what that affords the community because we can add more things that way. We can do some more cool things, maybe some live events. Um, we are also have a, a higher tier, more high touch offer that I'm, I love doing. I love getting on group calls with people and we have a consultant who does individual with people and that's fun. We're scaling that up as well. And then the new website offer is fun. Plus I have another, um, another business that's in startup right now called Not Boring CEs that 
allows what should be a really entertaining way to learn for therapists to be actually entertaining instead of the doldrums that most of our online CEs are. (laughs) So yeah, irons in the fire. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Allison. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. And that's another episode. Let's cover that. Thank you so much.